As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know what's better are. than space? Space in the future. <laughs> or do you prefer the future set in space? We're going old school with a futuristic retro twist. In today's episode of the Second Brick Comics podcast, I'm Remzo W. Martinez. Wouldn't be right without the miraculous Mr. Mark Claire. Mark, do you prefer stuff set in the future or stuff set in space or stuff set in the future in space? I'm more of a stuff set in the ancient past underground kind of guy. So this is like the exact opposite of my normal wheelhouse. Um, but as you sort of referenced, we are going to be looking today at a, at a story that you might think is going to be familiar to you. You might think the characters are going to be familiar to you because we're going to be looking at an old Guardians of the Galaxy story from the 90s. However, you will quickly find, as I quickly found, that this is not the Guardians of the Galaxy you know and or love from today. Nah, this is some weird get away with whatever you want to write shit, if I'm being honest. Yes. And with that, that concludes our review of Guardians of the Galaxy Homecoming. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Now, um, there's a reason we're going to be looking at this particular uh, obscure little story from the 1990s. That is because we have a benefactor here at Second Print Comics. He is our highest level possible patron that has ever existed in the history of possible patrons. He's his our name sugar is, daddy. His name is Jeffrey. He is a Kirby Club member. He's actually higher than a Kirby Club member, but uh, he's actually at the Infinity Gauntlet level. Um, but uh, for Kirby Club... Which I believe was it forty a month? I can't even keep track. I think it's forty bucks a month. Something a hell of a like deal. That. Or maybe it's fifty. We I can't even numbers? keep track. You can find out by going to Patreon.com/slash/SecondPrintPod, where our amazing patrons uh, help fund this program so that we can show up here and talk obscure comics uh, every week or so here on SBC. Uh, but uh, Jeffrey did task us with, well, you know what? Why should I talk about it? You already talked to him about it, so why don't we take a minute and dip? Back in time, or is it the future? I can't even keep track to your little chat. Setting this up with Jeffrey. All right, bringing to you today's episode, we have our fantastic, mysterious producer, simply known as Jeffrey. He's broadcasting from a mysterious location in the middle of Asia. The fact that we're able to hear his voice is a gift that many of you underappreciate and don't value. And therefore it's, it's only a matter of time until he just decides to, you know, go into hiding and then he'll only have to talk to us through his Asian handler, Amelia, who I don't know if she really works for him or if she's like, you know, a robot, but she creeps me out either way. He's bringing you today's episode featuring the classic guardians of the galaxy. Jeffrey, 
Where are you really? Uh, I'm currently broadcasting from a bar bathroom that I didn't know existed up until 15 minutes ago. International man of mystery. Yes. Even though I frequented this bar for several years, I have no idea if this, this, this bathroom existed until I asked the bartender if there was this quiet place I could try and record a Zoom meeting from. And he's like, yes, as actually there is. It's just past the pool tables, to which I responded, you have pool tables? Well, Jeffrey, we are covering the OG Guardians of the Galaxy issues 17 through 20, the homecoming arc. We went ahead and we actually had you toss a couple stories at us. And from there, we allowed our patrons, which you can join today as little as $5 at patreon.com slash second print pod. We allowed you to actually vote on some stuff and you had some heavy contenders. But this one was cool for two reasons. One, it's, you know, it had the overwhelming vote, but two. We've never actually done a Guardians of the Galaxy book on SPC, so this uh, th- this checks that off. One, we tested democracy, and it hasn't failed us yet, and two, we actually get to do Guardians. But you didn't go ahead and pick out something with the current crowd, you know, the MCU crowd that has really bled their way into the books. You went far, far back. So let's go ahead and, you know, t- take it from the top. Why this book and, you know, what jumps out about this specific story? Well. I'm a little bit older than you, and it's unfortunate Mark couldn't join us because I'm sure he would also have memories of these things that existed back in the back in your the black and white days. He where, remembered Alexander you know, Graham Bell creating the phone, so probably. Yes, he also created wax cylinders that would play music. But uh, you know, I have I one of those for five dollars, and I actually found the machine to play it. And when I played it backwards, you actually hear someone screaming, "Help me!" Oh wow! Yeah, I got it at a store <laughs> at a mall. That's a whole other thing, though. Yeah, but uh, no, back in the day, stores like Walmart would actually have sections devoted to comic books and like cards and all this other, you know, all that good stuff. And they would always have these like prepackaged like packs of like a complete storyline of series or something like that. And in my day, those were all the those were all you know when you were trying to convince your parents to buy you something. That was always like the golden egg, you know. Screw like a single issue or something. No, no, no. Just go and find something that looks slightly interesting and has a complete run, you know, in a clamshell pack. And, bring it to them and so this was one of those i distinctly remember i got it at the uh, walmart on 103rd street in jacksonville florida and you know obviously it starts in the middle of a run so you have no idea who any of the characters are but i just remember you know (laughs) i love you know i ate everything up back in the day as opposed to you know like i don't know revisiting it today and you realize no no wow this is but, you know, it's just good, dumb fun, you know? We're fans of good, dumb fun here. Yes. Yeah, I mean, as I said, you know, when I pitched the... Well, originally I pitched that New Warriors storyline to you, and then I, I was thinking about it, I was like, well... Because I actually went and reread it, and it was like, eh, maybe I should give them more options. And that's why I came up with the idea of just pitching several of the storylines that I remembered reading and loving as a kid. 
And uh, that was one of them, which I reread a couple of years ago, this, this one. And, you know, I mean, what's not to love about a storyline that introduces a cat man whose superpower is shooting his, his fingernails? I mean, come on. What, what really caught me about this is just like it. And I mean, you know, you look at what I consider the prequel Batman period, because let's let's be honest here. Before the Dark Knight returns, Batman was stagnant. He wasn't as cool. I mean, the foundation was there, but it wasn't until Frank Miller's Batman began to really bleed into everything else that he became really cool. So I, I call it the Frank Miller rule. Um, is it cool before somebody comes in or is it only cool after somebody comes in? Now, I only really read Guardians books um, because I was reading the Annihilation series in like yes. 2006, yes. 2008. Uh, Nova was one of my favorites. Uh, Silver Surfer, Peter Quill, Star-Lord. It was different. Super Scroll. I'm a big Super Scroll fan. He he wasn't part of the Guardians, but he was part of that Annihilation storyline. Yeah. And Ronan the Accuser. Great, great series. Yeah, great series. That was really my only interaction with those characters. That's why I was more familiar with them when they jumped into the MCU and that was the cast. Now, knowing that, I also knew that they were not the original Guardians of the Galaxy. This we're dealing with a with a different tone a different set of characters it you know reading this i have to remember it's like this is what you needed to build eventually the guardians of the galaxy we know today so sometimes when you read especially an ensemble book where you're already familiar with a certain cast and you're going back to this it's hard to judge but i mean i i enjoyed it just for what it was i think marvel really does not get enough credit for having really cool cosmic space books and they seem to come and be really cool for a little bit and then they kind of disappear like there were a whole bunch of post annihilation books like realm of kings and um uh, the black mirror and stuff like that but none of them really stuck so going back and just reading something where it was just supposed to be sci-fi corny fun goodness um you know it's just it, it, it gets me remembering it's like you know we should be thankful that we have stories like this because they still are good 20 30 40 years later I can't say that about a lot of books that have come out in the last 10 years. So reading this, especially since one of the older books I've looked at more recently, I, I certainly enjoyed it. And I hope our listeners will, too. Yeah. And, of course, it does feature Yondu in his original incarnation. That kind of freaked me out because you know, he he's not, just he's totally. Different. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's an honorable warrior as opposed to, you know, just a you know pirate. And, you know, that. Most of the characters in this run of Guardians of Galaxies are characters who appear as Ravagers in the uh, Guardians of Galaxy 2. You know, I almost forget that that post credit scene that I feel really never led up to anything because in the in the post credit scene for Guardians 2, you see Stallone, you see a few of the other guys, and that is the original Guardians team. Yes, as opposed to what they're presented as in the movie as, you know, the Ravagers, which are a completely different thing. If I recall correctly, I believe the Ravagers were were an opponent of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. So it sort of spun that around on its head. But yeah, like that, was it Charlie, Charlie 57, right? Charlie 57. Um, you had everybody, yeah, he's, but he's the big, he's a big black dude. 
I'm trying to remember. And, uh, you have uh, you have Vance who was going by something else. He was like, he, I don't know if he came later, but he was like, a, he had like Captain America shield. At one point, he was well, a time you know traveler. That, you know who that? Well, you know who that guy is, don't you? That's that's He's justice. Your, yeah, it's good old Marvel boy. That's Mar. Oh, ju- okay. So was he Marvel boy and then Justice and then yeah, he was he was and actually uh, that the New Warriors storyline I was going to have you read involves him going to trial for the murder of his stepfather and. And yeah, that leads to his divorce of like Starfire and stuff. Oh, I'm always so confused about his character. Well, no, no, no. They, they well, well, I are they mean, already divorced. Well, see, oh, the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff happened before the New Warriors stuff. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he was Marvel Boy with the New Warriors, and that happened. Then he went to prison for a while. Then when he got out of prison, that's when he became Justice. So, but okay. that's all after the point in time where they sent him back in time, or they sent him into the future, and he became a part of the Gardens of the Galaxy. So, is it the same guy? Is it a different guy? Who knows? You know, all I know is that later on he he gets a bandana, and it's just you know, that's some because comic shit right there. Well, yes. Jeffrey. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump into this. This is three episodes, folks. This is Guardians of the Galaxy, issue 17 through 20, the homecoming run. Go ahead and sit back, relax, and enjoy. Thanks again, Jeffrey. All right, man. You have a good night, man. You too. Yeah, so, you know, I've called people from some pretty strange places before. <laughs> I've actually never had a conversation with somebody for a podcast while they've been in the restroom. But when you're an international man of mystery, such as Jeffrey, you got to get business done where business gets done. And what better place to get business done than the throne room? Yeah, I was not I was not expecting that at, at all. Uh, so that was very interesting. And, uh, you know, yeah, like when you're when you're a high roller like Jeffrey, when you can be the top Straight funder baller. of this podcast. Yeah, I mean, you got to you got to run with the punches. If you happen to be going on like 30 hours with no sleep and you happen to be at a bar and you need a business meeting, you go, you pop into the restroom and you talk some fucking future guardians of the galaxy. That's what you do. It's done. That's how it happens. That's why he's a baller. So thank you, Jeffrey, for your support and for. Well, should I be thanking him? I'm not sure if I should be thanking him or not. I thank him for his support. I'm not sure if I'm thanking him for sending us on today's journey or not. That remains I, to be I think determined. I'm going to go ahead and just, uh, you know, preeminently award this probably the oddest book we've ever encountered on this show. Previously, I think the title for weirdest book went to uh, the Black Panther episode we covered where the Black Panther is part of the Fantastic Four. Oh, with the Golden off, Frog? With the, the Golden the time Frog. Traveling and, and, and the frog. zombies and the scrawls. That was fun weird though. That was fun weird. Yeah, that's this is a different kind of weird, but um this you know, is weird weird. And like uh, well, why don't we just start with the basics? What what was your familiarity just with Guardians of the Galaxy overall? Cuz for me, this was not a group or team ever on my radar growing up. In fact, like, yeah, maybe I'd loosely heard of them, but I never even really knew the, yeah, I, I knew Drax from like infinity gauntlet and stuff like that of, of the current guardians anyway, but I really knew nothing about these characters, um, about any of the guardians iterations until the movie came out. Like I, other than that, I knew they existed. Um, but as we will be discussing today, this really bears no semblance to that at all. So what was your familiarity with any of the Guardians properties coming into this? Not, nothing really prior to the Annihilation run 
uh, from 2007 through 2009. Uh, had super uh, had a Super Scrawl, Silver Surfer, Star Lord, Drax. Oh, you know all the typical spacefaring characters. And that, and that was, was the about team? it. The Super Scrawl was part of the team. Well, no, I mean it, oh. it was it, it was annihil. So annihilation was this big event in which um, who's the guy from the Annihilus? Annihilus basically came out. And was going to go ahead and you know conquer the universe, and later there would be an Ultron arc where Ultron basically is about to do the same thing. So it was through Annihilation, and then through the sequel, I think it was Annihilation Conquest, in which the Guardians formed. So that was about it for me. Um, I remember seeing like old you know sketches of Rocket Raccoon because they were going to bring Rocket Raccoon back, and I had heard that Rocket Raccoon had basically been like lost in the Marvel mythos for like thirty, forty years. Um, but you know, I never ventured back. I, you know, my, my same, my same criticism goes to DC. I've never really been into like space oriented comics. My stuff is usually in the horror realm. Um, you know, I like the occult and the obscure, those types of things. I yeah. like stay earthbound really. Um, so while I did know that there was a guardians of the galaxy team prior to the one nation, I wasn't really interested. I mean, we're not talking B list characters, Iron Man, respectively, Iron Man until 2008 was a B-list hero. Okay, you got you got your A-listers, you got your B-listers. Um, I would put, you know, some people might disagree with me. I would put Daredevil kind of as a C-lister. Um, the Guardians were D-level, like they were so D-level. Like you have to be a super Marvel nerd to really care about any of these people. And I was just not there. And I used to pick up Lee Falk's the phantom comics growing up that were in black and white and reprinted from the fifties. Okay. <laughs> I'm into obscure. This was a bit much for me. Right. Well, why delay it any further then let's jump right in to uh, this story. We're going to be looking at, and we're going to do this probably a little more recap style than panel by panel. Since it's about four issues we're looking at here, uh, but it's guardians of the galaxy for your reference. Before before I tell you this, before I tell everybody what what to read, it's Guardians of the Galaxy seventeen to twenty, of course, for the for the original nineties Guardians of the Galaxy run. Can I just may I take a moment to complain about something, Remzo? Please complain. Uh, and this is not the first time I've had to complain. And it's such a good value that it's, it's hard to complain much about the Marvel Unlimited app. But I'm going to complain oh, anyway. Snap. It's, 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 it's a double. It's a double complaint actually. Um, remember the Marvel Random Marvel Comics button. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Random Marvel Comics button. So recently I bought a new iPad. As many of you know, I used to do a a podcast called the Random Marvel Marvel Comics podcast. By many of you, I mean just our patrons. It was a patron-only podcast. Um, So Marvel had this really cool app. You go in, you press this little button, and it gives you a random comic. So I would hit that button. I would read whatever comic came up and do a little review about it. It was a blast. I loved doing it. It was beautiful. Getting getting thrown into stories like Cole that I knew nothing about half the time. It it was absolutely, uh, absolutely phenomenal. Then one day, without explanation or warning, they took that button away. This does tie in. I'm not just re-ranting about this. This ties into my current rant. Um, Then recently... I bought a new iPad. Now I've I, I've been trying to limit my my device exposure much. So I intentionally and I didn't want to spend a lot of money on it, but I needed a new iPad. So I bought an older version of the iPad, uh, maybe like two or three versions ago, because I'm just using it to read. Like I just wanted it for my Kindle and like for some comics, some digital stuff, and then that's it. I'm not going to use it for a bunch of stuff, you know. So that seemed like it was sufficient. Kindle works fine. Comicsology works fine. Marvel Unlimited. Fuck you. Nope. Fuck off. Marvel Unlimited doesn't work on this older version, but it almost does 
because so first it prompted me to download an older version of Marvel Unlimited. So I did that. I'm like, okay, I'll use an older version. No problem. And when I open this older version, what do I see, Remzo? The random Marvel Comics button. It's there on the older version. I got really excited. I thought I hacked around the system. I did not hack. It was it was I was so close to starting this podcast again. I went to press it. It doesn't work. Not only does it what it doesn't work, the library doesn't load. No comics load. You can't get to any comics. Essentially, this older version, which is the only version I can put on my iPad, does not function anymore, which was really disappointing. So it was, it was quite a wave of emotions. But that's not the end of my upsetness with the Marvel Comics, with the Marvel Unlimited app. It used to be you could go and read the Unlimited comics on the desktop. You could log into Marvel Unlimited, open a comic, and read it. You can't do that anymore. I have tried and tried and tried. I have looked at Reddit threads. Other people have this problem, too. You cannot read the comics on a desktop anymore, on a browser. It cannot be done. If anyone's listening and they've been able to do it, please let me know. I cannot figure out any way. I've tried different computers. I've tried different... I mean, there's no way to do it. You can't read the comics. So the only way I could read these books was on my iPhone, which I, as I've ranted to you about, I hate reading comics on my phone. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But I did it because of Jeffrey and because I love our listeners. So I did it for them and for you. And that's it. That's my rant. Go on. Mark needs an iPad, like a new one, folks. If you want to donate to my real new iPad fund to replace my new old iPad so I can read these comics, um, you can do so at patreon.com slash second print pod. Thank you. Hashtag rest in peace, random Marvel comics button. There's got to be a way, man. But I wonder if I downloaded that older version on a newer iPad, if it might work. I, I'm like still a gonna, newer, I'm newer, gonna, like a new, new iPad or like a like new a, old iPad? A new, new iPad with older version. I wonder if that's possible. That's a know. bit of a stretch. I'm going to try. Because I've tried to recreate this. I've tried to like, oh, if I scroll through fast and stop my finger, it's not the same. You know, I end up having to actually choose something. and It just, it just doesn't have the same charm. Well, let's see if we can get through these four issues without, you know really wondering how much more obscure things can get. We're covering issues 17 through 20, the homecoming arc. I'm going to be straight with you, Mark. Be straight. I don't like this future space stuff where they're dealing with past Earth stuff. I find it weird. And this is one of those things where it's like it works in some ways. It works with like Marvel 2099. And then you've got this. I remember looking at this initially thinking, you know, what if this is somewhat like that? But no, this doesn't take place in the year 2099. This takes place in the 31st century. So for all you canon-minded people out there, just fucking forget about everything you know. Because this is just going to kind of move things in a completely different direction. Although, as we'll see, there are remnants of things we know. So in the Odd first, remnants. Yeah. So in the first four pages... Um, you know, we are seeing the Guardians. Hold on, before we go further, I want to I want to just read the lineup to you and listeners at home. Tell oh, me if yes. if any of these li- names sound familiar to you. Here is the Let's lineup one by one of this Guardians of the Galaxy. Number one, Charlie Twenty Seven. Anybody heard of him? I think I've heard of his cousin Charlie Twenty Three. Okay, <laughs> Martin X. I think I actually had heard of Martin X before. No, and I, I will later explain why he's my least favorite. Nikki! <laughs> really? He's getting lazy. Your name is just Nikki. Um, uh, our, our, essentially, our, our hero, I guess you could say, our titular character, not titular character, but uh, I just like saying that word, titular. Titular. Uh, he's kind like of our protagonist, I guess, if we had to pick one. Vance Astro, what a fucking name that is, who's like fake space Captain America. Yandu. Now, Yandu's one we know. 
Yeah, but this is not like, you know, Mary Poppins Yondu. <laughs> no, this is, is like, you know, Yondu dances with wolves. Is this so does this Yondu exist in present Marvel Day? And oh, just, they replaced just... him. They replaced him with Michael Rooker Yondu. Oh, okay. That that sounds right. Kind of like Black um, Nick Fury, except they don't even explain why he's suddenly like the one from the MCU. Is Michael he Rooker just now? Is. Yeah. He's, all right. Uh let's see. My iPad just my, oh, this is why I hate reading on my phone. Okay. Uh Ale- Alita. You know Alita? No. And finally, Starhawk. Starhawk. Starhawk, I thought, was um, Birdman from Adult Swim. Yeah, he's none of this stuff. Name is. He's yeah. not Hawkman. He's not Birdman. He's not uh, Bird Person. He's none of this. He's some other guy. Yeah. Who we hardly yeah. even see in this, but but moving on. Well, when you see him, he's not even wearing his, like, you know, Starhawk shit. He's, like, naked astral projection man. Yeah, everything's weird about this. Anyway, I just wanted to set up our team. Uh, hold on. I want to I try one thing here. No, you don't. You haven't heard of any of them. Right no. before this, okay. So I can't. I'm not even gonna do a. I didn't even realize that. that Vance Astro was the same character as Justice when I was talking to Jeffrey, and I've liked the new Warriors. That's what made everything so much weirder. Wait, what? That's the y- same character? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. The, so what did he get to, to transfer? Do you want to do you want to become an overnight expert in Justice? Because I'll tell you. All right, Remzo. What can you tell me about Justice slash Vance Astro? He's a Jewish superhero. <laughs> That's it? You're not going to tell me basic. how he got in the future? In I space? don't even know how he got in the future. You, right. you want to decide what timeline you want? He, he's in That's the future. That's where things get weirder. Not only is he in the future... Oh, but that would explain the Captain America shield. I guess I guess that's the he's in the future. He's covered in andamantium. And he whatever. I'm moving on. Get, tell me about this story, Rimza. Okay. <laughs> so after a horrible, horrible battle, which the Guardians barely made it out of... Um, one of their allies, Alita, was sacrificed in her battle with their enemy, Malevolence. Malevolence is a descendant of Mephisto, so just keep that in mind. They do look very similar. That makes sense. In order to easily beat Malevolence, though, the Guardian Starhawk absorbed Alita's living energy to beat the foe and save himself at the same time. So he's basically a thing where he could be kind of like a bomb sometimes, but also not. I I would equate him to being somewhat like Havoc from the X-Men. He can absorb energy and he can also project them out but his his powers don't come from a mutation or anything it basically they, they from what i've seen they kind of make up his shit as they go along so basically in order to beat malevolence alita another energy-based hero is basically sacrificed by starhawk so that way he could beat malevolence but also get the fuck out of there because starhawk's also a coward so upon learning how they were able to defeat them and that Alita, their ally, is dead, quote, dead, the Guardian, Vance Astro, demands that the other Guardians, consisting of Yondu, Martin X, Charlie 27, and Nikki, vote to expel him from the team for his actions, which they all choose to do. Um, just right there, with, with very little recap, you're, you're just looking at these characters. I got to say, they're the most bland-looking superheroes I've ever seen. I don't care about them at all. That's my. That's my. There, there's very, there's very little to get. And Martin X, he's supposed to be, and I'll, I'll spoil a little bit of why I don't like him. He's supposed to be like 
the future, like everyone is beige, everyone is androgynous hero. I think that's I think somebody saw the whole Latinx thing coming, and listeners know my thoughts on that bullshit. Um, Martin X actually has to wonder at one point. He goes through like a whole page monologue where he's actually wondering whether he has the right to expel somebody. And it's like this is a pretty easy decision to, but you know, he he's into all this, you know, like postmodern moral relativism bullshit. So he's like, mm, okay, sure. So that right there, you should know that if you don't know if you should expel somebody for killing one of your teammates you're probably not a good dude but whatever the next uh, couple pages pages five through six we see the evil protege and malevolence protege is supposed to be some type of like evil space princess and i don't really understand what's going on with uh protege and malevolence i don't know if if they're like a couple i don't know if if malevolence is like protege is like you know servant or something but i don't know but more importantly i don't care yeah this is a very strange progressive relationship because i i think protege is actually a child because protege also has a fucking scrawl slave who was a friend of one of the guardians who's also seemingly a child who's also seemingly a child and child stuff here yeah protege wants to kill the guardians because protege is going on your typical bad guy shit and wants to go ahead and rule the universe but the guardians keep getting in her way of that so she has her she devil handler girlfriend wife thing and at one point malevolence is like um listen protege like we'll we'll be able to find the guardians and starhawk and we'll be able to get through this my wife and she's like don't call me that motherfucker i may have had that last part but basically it's a tumultuous relationship it kind of reminds me of the relationship between um thanos and death thanos loves death but death does not give a shit about malevolence so basically they're waiting on their spaceship to see how the battle has really ended where the guardians are this takes place like within a day of everything happening and whether or not they should restart another attack um on starhawk who they're trying to find after malevolence uh defeat um, this is some weird shit, especially since one of the captains in Protege's army is a horse person. And I'm not talking like Beta Ray Bill, like cool horse port, horse person. That shit's cool. This is just some weird shit. Like we've seen Marvel aliens before. They are just like grasping at straws for this. This is Doctor Who level of strange alien shit. So this just kind of highlights how strange the Marvel universe looks because people often say that the 2099 verse looks too disconnected from the MCU to really be its future. The 31st century is just, you know, let's just go ahead and grab shit and see what sticks. So your, your thoughts on this whole exchange, because you don't get much from it, except you can kind of see the dynamic is not really great amongst the bad guys. Yeah. I, I, to me, I just, knowing that this is going to go into some other direction and they're going to go back to earth and go in this whole, whole other thing. I didn't really care to give this too much thought, but I, I did think like, Oh, this is, is that Mephisto? But they're calling him malevolence. And it's not even clear. Like are some of these characters like descendants of other characters from our time or not? Or is this just another manifestation of Mephisto? Um, but I, I can, I can raise these questions now with you on a podcast, but the reality is, I just was trying to get through this thing. I but yeah, I brushed. In reality, I was just pushing right through and not really giving a shit. <laughs> yeah, th- this shit don't matter. This really, <laughs> this really does not matter to the story, as will some other subplots later. Uh, may- maybe you know, maybe for Jeffrey, I will continue this on my own for patrons. But like, this is this is a hard pill to swallow. <laughs> Um, so pages six through 12 are pretty run of the mill. Okay. The team returns to earth after being away in space for four years and they need some R and R because, you know, they've been traveling, they've been fighting. One of their friends just killed their other friend. 
the shit's been getting really intense. But what they find as they get to Earth is that nothing is the way they kind of left it. Now, Earth in the 31st century is basically somewhat abandoned. It's somewhat decayed because we become a spacefaring species and humans are across the universe. So Earth is kind of abandoned. Uh, think Battlestar Galactica and, um, you know, if the new one. Still never seen one. it. You've never seen Battlestar Galactica. Now, if we have this conversation like once oh, a year. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my time. gosh. So say we all. It's anyway. in the category of Firefly now. Like, I've tried to start it a couple Did times. Did you finish Firefly? No, I couldn't get past the first episode. It's horrible. Just, just, <laughs> skip to the, just skip to the movie Serenity and you'll be fine. No, you won't. I, you'll no, be confused. I won't, I won't do that. No. Okay, so anyway, they I'm find I'm sorry. Out- Justin Campbell probably hates me now. Half the patrons <laughs> want to unsubscribe. I tried watching this three times. I couldn't get through it. <laughs> I need a better compelling. Re- I mean, I need another. We need another tier. Christina Three. Hendricks. Who's that? Oh my god! You don't know the greatest actor. I don't know names time. of people, so like I, I probably know who the she is. The busty redhead from Mad Men. No, you never, never saw it. Mad Men. <laughs> never either. seen it. Okay, no. let's 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 pump the brakes on this. They're at they're, they go back to Earth, and Earth is fucked. Like most of these cities are abandoned. They go, they start off in Sydney, then they head over to the Big Apple, New York City, and they're like, guys, this shit ain't right. It's starting to look like I am legend territory. They're like, where are the people? What's going on? Um, you know, they they've been just abandoned. Meanwhile, Martin X is back on the ship, and Martin X doesn't know whether he wants to go back to Earth because he knows that humans can be space racist. And this is another reason why I don't like Martin X because Martin X is like, huh, do I want to go back to this planet that my descendant, that my ancestors came from that's full of so much prejudice and shit? What is he? He's a a robot? No, he's an androgynous spaceman. So what's his connection to... I should stop thinking. Well, along the line, if you go through his ancestry.com account, he had relatives from North Africa. But yeah, he says that, but it makes no sense to me because, like, what is he? He's he's a space victim. He's a space. But how does he have relatives from North Africa? That's I I don't know. I'm not expecting you to have the answer. The the 21st and 31st century, he found a way to be a victim, and what he's basically saying (laughs) is that you know these humans have never been able to accept aliens and shit. And I'm like, well, no shit, man. Like each time an alien comes to Earth. Earth, it tries to eat the planet galactus thanos the scrawl empire last i checked you know what racism is wrong and i have to go ahead and preface with that but if i'm gonna be humanity first i'm gonna be humanity first against all the aliens in outer space that keep coming to marvel's earth and trying to eat everyone that shit just will not stand man and martin x is just there to make everyone feel woke and for a 90s comic he's he's very progressive yeah well luckily for us he takes off well he's still in he's still in these issues but he's not part of the main story he's really fucking relevant so basically all the other guardians are like listen we should go and try and figure out what's happening so just right there uh what's your take on those pages we, we all we basically know is that Earth kind of looks the same in the 31st century, except when you take into account the abandonedness and destruction. I mean, it, it's like every other <laughs> every other bad future we see. It's like, the, yeah, cities are destroyed uh, and there's new gangs of some kind that have arisen to power. Uh, and, you know, it, there's nothing because I didn't care about these characters in the first place because I never saw what their new future Earth was like in the first place. You know, to me, I, I expected a, a shitty Earth for them to return to, but I guess they didn't. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, uh, next three pages, what we see is that the Guardians, as they're walking through Earth, everyone except like Martin X, he just kind of like hangs out there. Uh, the Guardians are suddenly attacked by a group of armed men. But as the battle ensues, Martin X, oh yeah, he is there. He realizes that they aren't using deadly force. They're not trying to kill the Guardians. So he actually realizes that they're just defending themselves because the Guardians seem hostile, which I would think if my planet has been raided by aliens so many times. So as Yondu is about to straight up like murder somebody with a freaking mace, which Yondu here looks pretty. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I mean, cool. of all the characters here, Yondu is by far the coolest. He's like a space Indian. He's just awesome. Yeah, he's the only one I, I don't actively hate. <laughs> yeah, so, so Martin X is like, no, Yondu, don't mace him to death. And Yondu's like, well, if you say so, Martin X... Um, next thing you know, the leader of this group called the Commanders, Tarin, uh, walks out, and suddenly we start to see a connection. Tarin is an Earthbound ally of the Guardians and a, f- and a friend of Vance Astra, who in previous issues, issues I'm not going to bother going back to read right now, um, because they recap it, because Marvel used to love their fans. Um, they, uh, Tarin helped uh, Vance Astro on a previous mission where they traveled from the 31st century back to the 20th century to meet, to meet uh, fantastic, the fantastic four captain America. And then they suddenly came back to the 31st century. So, was so the, did Vance Astro become justice or did justice become Vance Astro chicken egg anyway? <laughs> so Tarin, who is not a bad guy, uh, starts explaining that most of earth has been involved in a giant war and New York city is ground zero. So right there, what you need to know is that, yeah, it's basically like escape from New York. It's some pretty tough yes. shit. Escape from every city with punishers. So for the remainder of this issue, we're just getting a longer explanation on as to what has happened with uh, with Earth. So Tarn explains that the future has these TVs that can basically put out this gas that paralyzes people. So what it does is it paralyzes them and causes people to basically starve to death. And what that did was that killed off the older generation because you have these genocidal maniacs called the Punishers who literally dress like the Punisher and going around massacring people. Um, And it it ends up like that movie, The Forever Purge. Like, it's some bad shit. I don't know what legacy Frank Castle left behind, but this is not what I think he really intended. 
So Tarin, like anyone else, asks the Guardians to stay. They take a vote and decide to go ahead and fight with their ragtag allies. But Martin X is like, mm, nah, not my monkeys, not my circus. I'm going to go ahead and check out other planets. <laughs> so Martin X just That's leaves. what pisses me off about this guy. He's like, yeah, I don't want to do this thing. Instead, I'm just going to go to random other planets. And tra- oh, and and his whole thing is I'm going to start a new, like, how could we be the Guardians of the Galaxy if there's only, you know, if there's only like seven of us? Like, we need thousands of Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm going to create a new Galactic Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're like, dude, have you seen what's going on on this fucking planet right here? Can we deal with this first? Let's worry about what's right now in front of us before we worry about your Prius's carbon footprint, Martin X. <laughs> exactly. I hate him. So <laughs> that's issue 17. Uh, thoughts on this issue? Um, thoughts on this issue are that now, look, I, I guess I guess this is more for um fans of the guardians did they exist already i mean someone must have it got to 17 issues someone must have someone i'm just like picturing like this is like a 60 issue run like this is a couple of years i'm picturing a 12 year old kid like excitedly going to his comic shop like asking for guardians of the galaxy number 17 because he just has to figure out what happens with starhawk and 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 alita and all this shit um for me it was just uh, yeah, it's for me. I mean, God bless Jeffrey. He's the only reason I, I would have kept going on this. <laughs> I mean, because he because he wants to torture us. I see. I see what he's done, and you I know what you're up to. It, it's sick and it's twisted, but I I do respect it. Is that he he became our our sort of lead benefactor so that he could essentially force us to mentally torture ourselves with these stories. That's you know, how I feel about the Latinx stuff. And he was like, wait till you meet Martin. Oh <laughs> <laughs> My so, all my all my Martin X brethren out there. <laughs> Let's go start the Galactic Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> so Yeah, um, this is actually he is a progressive. He's like, nope, it's not enough to fix this earth. We gotta go fix the whole fucking galaxy. So that's what I'm gonna do. I'm one, sorry. I'm sorry, humans, but you're not um one privileged race at a time. You're not intersectional enough for me. <laughs> Uh, so issue 18 is actually pretty cool on account of the fact that we have nine pages of just fucking action and this is which is that's that is the best thing to say about that issue yeah i especially with stuff like this that drags at least when there's action it's like okay i don't need to read because i'm some some of these in, in page 17 man it's just like it's pages and pages of these these characters talking about everything there and it's all stuff i now i partially is our fault is it's because it's, it's we're coming into the 17 issues in so we don't know the characters and the stories but i have a sneaky feeling that even if you had read these 16 issues prior to this a lot of this would be boring and confusing mark and just like that you completely understand the premise of battlestar galactica um okay that's not so I don't know if that's the best, best review <laughs> i've heard but so we get nine pages of just all out action. We get a little bit of um, of context for this. So all this is taking place in the year 3018 AD. And what we see for just pages and pages of all out action, which is genuinely really fucking cool. It's all that 90s glory of explosions and muscles and pouches that you want. Uh, the Punishers and the Guardians with their allies, the commanders, get into an all out street war as they're literally blowing up buildings and murdering each other, which means that, you know, it's good to see that violence still carries on throughout history and uh, time and memoriam. Um, some other mysterious cat person shows up. And this is what's kind of weird because. With a very that- original cat related name of Tal- is it Talon. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But I thought cat person, which we'll call it for now, was a chick. Uh, and this is another reason. Originally it did until I think it's the next issue where 
they yeah. refer to themselves as something not that. So basically what I know now is that not only is the future super woke, but it's full of furries, which I have a fucking problem <laughs> with. Um, the woke fury, the woke furry future of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I I'm think we not, have an episode title, I'm my not friends. amused of this. Um, you know, so cat person appears in a scene by Charlie 27, also fighting the punishers, but were there 26 Charlie's before Charlie 27? I hope so. I hope there's a Charlie 100 in the 32nd century. Oh God. Um, they're fighting the punishers. So cat person just appears to appear. Uh, we zoom to the punishers headquarters where we meet their general. He's just this scary mofo called the general who has a, a skull painted on his tattoo. And he's giving like a typical bad guy talk. Like we were going, oh, to did, them. Did, did we mention the part where the re so like there was this, I think it was, yeah, it was Martin X Martin X like left his files of history on earth. And then, cause he realizes like, I think it was Martin X, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is right before he takes off. Yeah. In the last issue, he, he's like, oh, no, there's this Punisher gang. How do they know about the Punisher? Oh, it's because I left my files <laughs> there. No, actually, I think it was Vance Astro. I think actually, it, was it was Vance Astro. It was Vance Astro. Astro yeah. yeah. I think that's in this issue. Yeah. It's Vance Astro. He's like, dude, I left my files that talk about the past there. And they're like, he's like that's. They found my J- They found my heart, my flash drive. <laughs> right. They found my flash drive with my, my, my Punisher picks. And like, so now they know about the Punisher. And now they formed a Punisher tribe. And they're like, Dude, you just like you just had like pictures of the Punisher from thirty years ago. You don't need it. You didn't do all this. He's like, no, I did. I'm so ashamed. It's like, dude, stop fucking whining about this, man. Like, oh my god, he's such a bitch. I hate Vance Astro so much. Yeah, and I I can't wait to hate him more because by the end of this, I hate him way more. <laughs> so, um, you know, we meet the general, scary mofo guy, typical bad guy. He does look somewhat intimidate, intimidating, but yeah. that's where the compliments end because he's really lame in reality. Yeah. Uh, page 10, we see Martin X decides to go visit other planets and, uh, you know, under, uh, he's just going to check up on people. I hey, guess. By the way, Talon really does look like a chick. Cause the way they do the V, like the V shaped of the costume and it looks like he has boobs, but then we'll find out he calls himself a gentleman. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, Talon's going to get into furry territory really fast. So Martin X goes to go ahead and check the more intersectional victimized planets uh, because the humans aren't entertaining enough for him. And from there, he beams onto this desolate planet called Korg, where he's attacked by some strange crackhead. Any relation to Korg? No, <laughs> the because character. it's spelled differently. It's uh, C-O-U-R-G. So before people are like, oh, it's it's the Korg and the Kragulons and stuff like that. Like, um, no, it's... It's just there. Okay. And uh, he's attacked by a crackhead, and that's about it, this issue. All right. That is it, this issue. Um, so now we go back to Earth. Forget everything about Martin X, because it won't matter. Okay? <laughs> I think I hate it a little less than the first issue. That's about the best thing I can say. Just because there was more action and, and a little bit less talking. Um and the Punisher guy kind of looked cool until he had dialogue. <laughs> yeah, well, we still got a few pages left. I'm just saying that we're done with Martin X. Martin X does not matter. Oh, yeah. The craziest him. part is coming, actually. Yeah. Go, go so, on. so we go back to Earth with the story that matters, okay? We go back to Earth, and this young soldier who's walking alongside Yondu and everyone is cursing and cursing. And Yondu's like, you shouldn't be cursing. As soon as he says that, the poor woman gets shot in the fucking face. <laughs> and Yondu's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and this causes Yondu yondu to lose his cool and he starts like straight up murdering the other punishers nearby uh that's when we see the mysterious cat person has broken into the abandoned sanctum sanctorum of dr strange in greenwich village and from there cat person <laughs> um discovers a mysterious floating object inside and when she he whatever it is touches it 
it activates something. Uh, this is probably the only part where I'm like, oh, now I can remotely see some connection. Um, pages 15 through 19 is just more of a battle. The battle is getting uh, tougher. And at some point, Vance Astro collapses. He's injured and he's not getting up. And everyone's just like, shit. What's uh, this, is my, actually, this is my favorite part when Vance Astro gets shot in the head. <laughs> so the Punishers roll in with a freaking tank. And at this point, the Guardians and the commanders and the commanders have to retreat. Uh, from here, they have this scientist who's like a cyborg person named Nate. Nate is like this super giant dude who's also really smart. So he's a couple contradictions. And Nate is trying to heal Astro, who's essentially in a coma. He's put him in this healing tank, but is finding it difficult to wake him up. From there, a centipede with the cloak of whatever is basically like, hello, my name is Kugar, the Sorcerer Supreme. Out of nowhere, and Nate is like, What? And uh, he's like, calm down. I will help you. And it's just like, okay, this is some Rick and Morty shit right there. On the last issue, and then we'll, we'll talk about that mo- for a moment. On the last issue, the team is freaking out. And they're weekends. They're trying to run away, um, try and find some place to get off the street. And that's when Cat Lady person, he, she appears and is like, hey, people who I've been avoiding this entire time, let me help you. Come with me. That's the end of this issue. Let's talk about Centipede Sorcerer Supreme. Let's Krugar. talk about Krugar, <laughs> aka Centipede Sorcerer Supreme. I will say this: of everything in this book, as this weird, is pretty cool. <laughs> it was cool. It's cool. Like, I don't get it, but it's cool. Like, I don't know how the Centipede creature became the new Sorcerer Supreme. I don't know if I need to know. I just know that Krugar. It's fucking crazy looking. I'm and prob- probably the my highlight uh, besides this Vance Astro. So up my alley. Besides Vance Astro getting shot in the head, this is my highlight of, of the the run here. Yeah. So, if nothing else, I mean, it's a badass. I, I kind of want a poster of Krugar on my wall. Like it looks. Cool I want to see Krugar in an MCU film. <laughs> I feel like Sam Raimi could pull that shit off. <sighs> Sam Raimi's Krugar. Just, just, <laughs> give, just give him his own movie straight up. Yeah. So on to issue 19, uh, starts off with the bad guy, the general. He's kind of pissed off that despite giving his guys a freaking tank, uh, they still haven't taken down the Guardians or the commanders. And he's going around seeing his soldiers haven't done shit about it. They're complaining. So what he does is he kills one of them in front of the others to make an example of him. So now they're trying to really emphasize that, you know, the general is just really a sadistic guy. He's kind of like Dick Cheney, but of the future. Um, pages two through seven we get like a whole thing where basically now we learn that cat lady isn't a lady, but as he says, the gentleman's name is Talon. Yeah. What he says about himself. So he speaks in the third person and dresses like, he doesn't have muscles like a man, like a more manly type muscles, but now, now looking like a dude. Yeah. It's like, it's like the art kind of changed on from issue to issue, huh? Maybe Valentino halfway through was like, actually, this is a dude. I'm going to change. Maybe it. Talon is a hermaphrodite. We don't really know. Did we mention this is written and drawn by the great Jim Valentino, who has done some great work, including Shadowhawk, a book I'm going to be looking at uh, on a, a nice. upcoming Tales from the Fucket Pile. It's going to be making its return for patrons, patreon.com slash secondfriendpod. Um, this is not Jim Valentino's finest. No, this I wonder if he even liked doing this part. So basically, I, I can't imagine he did. So basically, Talon decides to just start like fucking around with Charlie 27 and being rude. So they literally spend four issues fighting each other, getting into a stupid fight um, in the tunnels. Like, 
it's just some type of weird dick measuring contest that eventually Yondu stops because he's like, listen, we've got more important shit to do, people. Uh, from there, Yondu starts being polite to Talon, and then they start getting answers about where they're going. And then from there, before we could actually get the answer, we go back to Nate's lab and we see that Krugar, the new centipede Sorcerer Supreme, has to go ahead and enlist some help. So who does he go ahead and channel to help bring uh, Vance Astro back? The spirit of the ancient one, not the Tibetan not, one, and not, not Tilda Swinton Swanson, or whatever, Swinton, whatever mm-hmm. her name is. It's freaking Doctor Strange, and that's about it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's why I was confused by it because it says he's the, so. Is Doctor Strange the new ancient one? I didn't think that was a title that passed down. Neither did I, and I also this doesn't really look like him. But they he treat they, him, but yeah, they, they act him. like he is Doctor Strange. So it's, they it's, treat it was him confusing. like the Wizard Shazam, where it's yeah. just like one of those things that you just inherit, and then suddenly you change ethnicities. It's kind of freaking weird because yeah, he looks Asian and not like Stephen Strange. But they refer to him like he is Doctor. It's I'm, I'm confused by if that's actually supposed to be Strange or if it's supposed to be the Ancient One who they did he inhandle the inherit the mantle of Doctor Strange. I don't I don't understand it. Krugar is better than all this stuff though. Yeah. If only we had more of Krugar, which we don't. But speaking of people, we can't tell what's up with them. Uh, we have to go ahead and get back to Martin X. So Martin, Martin X, time hasn't moved. Martin X, that's going to be the name I start going by. Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Martin X is still stuck on the planet with the crackhead. And what we learn is that the planet was evacuated because there was this giant disease. But a bunch of people were forced to stay. And the whole place is now desolate. The last hero here was a guy named Fire Lord. And hey, I know him. Know, you do? Yeah, you don't know Fire Lord? I'm not actually joking. He's, was, he, he was, was, a, he a, was he a herald of Galactus? He was one of the heralds of Galactus. I think he actually, I think the first time we meet Silver Surfer, you know what I'm thinking of? I think we actually, do Fire we Lord, thing on him? In that weird, remember that, um, the, the first part of the Dark Phoenix saga where you don't really get the Dark Phoenix part part? Um, just the Phoenix part. Oh, yeah, Maybe it's yeah. just called the Phoenix saga. Actually, there's the there's the weird part where I think I believe Firestorm was involved in that with the whole alien, the Imperial, whatever thing. I'm pretty sure that's where we saw Firestar. But I, I know Firestar from several 90s comics, and he is a, a past Herald of Galactus. I think he's like I think he came after Silver Surfer in the order of uh, heralds. Well, the more you know, people. And apparently, he's still still hang slinging around a thousand years later. You gotta excuse me. Oh, now we get now we get a new background. Now we see now, the flowers. Now, now that, you get a new that background, <laughs> and I got just everything because my apartment is not podcast friendly, especially oh. since I'm doing this from a different laptop. We're doing it live, friends. We're doing it, We're live. Doing it live. Be with us in the moment. Be with us in the moment. This is why you need video, so that way you can see me, like you know, dealing with a sinus infection. Mark oh, yes. in his underground Ted Kaczynski bunker. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yes, a good time to remind people, if you're listening on audio, we are doing these on YouTube now, uh, Second Print Comics. Pretty easy to find us on YouTube. Check it out if you like seeing us. I don't know so, why you would, but... You know who we don't see? We don't see more of Martin X in this one. <laughs> so we go back to Earth! Fucking God. Um, we go ahead and get more information about the virus. So the virus, they think, was actually brought about by the Punishers. They actually think that there might be a connection with that. And what we basically see is that, you know, where they're, where they end up getting taken to is the Bronx, which is an underground city. Um, you know, it's still one of the only functional parts of New York City, which I think is scary because if you've ever been to the Bronx, you know that that's not surviving an apocalypse. <laughs> no, I mean, no, they, no it, it is not. I mean, regular Bronx is, is bad enough as it is. 
So as they're trying to figure out, like, is this virus an alien virus or something else, which is another reason not to trust extraterrestrials, uh, we go ahead and get shifted for several pages. No, we're not going back to Martin X. We're going to see that Alita is alive, which is, dun, kind, dun, of, dun. Which is kind of strange because she's alive but not alive. What ends up happening is that she, being a being of pure energy, was merged with Starhawk's consciousness. Oh, and one of these even, situations. Yeah, and to show that he's not the asshole who sacrificed her to save himself in their fight against malevolence, he reunites her with her dead children, saying that, hey, listen, I didn't want to do this. None of this is my choice. We have been manipulated since the beginning by the god of hawks, the hawk god. And that Starhawk serves this guy, but he's being used not for good means, but for some evil conspiracy regarding Hawk gods. Um, that just kind of threw me into a whole different freaking direction because now we know that there's a hot god out there. I almost forgot where I was for a minute because, uh, as you know, I've been reading uh, Jeff John's original JSA run, which uh, a- after about yeah, somewhere between the second and third volume, it starts to get pretty Hawkman heavy, and I'm really enjoying the Hawkman stuff. So for a second, I forgot where I was. I was like, oh, hot gods, are we in Hawkman world here? And then I was like, oh, wait, no, I'm, I'm in shitty future Marvel. Just, yeah, just it gets it gets weird. It gets weird real fast. But anyway, for the rest of this issue, for the remaining pages, we find that the Punishers find the commanders and the guardians in the Bronx. And the commander, uh, Bell, who was like flirting with Charlie 27 throughout this whole thing, she's just kind of here there for a few panels. Everyone is like, oh, my God, how the Punishers find us? And then Bell is like, uh, yeah, it's me. I'm a spy. You better go ahead and put your shit down or else I'll kill all of you. But right before the battle starts, we see Nate. And a seemingly healed Vance Astro come to save the day. They have the typical hero. I'm on the high ground standing above everyone to say, look, you think that you're doomed? No, because I'm here. And and they have him kind of cloaked where he's still got the Captain America shield, but you can't like see the rest of his body except for like for some reason it's like blacked out, which is weird. I don't know if that's supposed to be. Well, we'll see in the next issue. We'll see what, what comes of our friend Vance Astro. Yeah, so but he, he Mark, does look pretty cool up there with like Nate and Krugar, just the way they kind of are situated up there and looking all mysterious. Yeah, he had kind of like a snake plus skin from like, Escape from LA. Did you hear I just said Vance Astro, Nate, and Krugar? <laughs> like, what? Where am I? This is the fucking future, the space future, friends. What What are your thoughts on this one before we hit the final issue? Um, you know, at least we had more Krugar, a little more Krugar. So, so there's that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I know it's supposed to be like a big, like, twist of the insider, but like, the first of all, the general had already mentioned like my inside man, and then the next, it's just like when they do some inside man like stuff like that, it's got to be like someone we've come to know and care about. It can't be some random character we just found like oh, met, it's like, that last chick, issue. okay, yeah, oh, that chick that just showed up, cool. Like, because I'm not emotionally pulled by this. Um, yeah. You know, I guess I guess the most interesting plot thread is kind of what's going on with Van Astro and Krugar and like what's, what's going on. Get up? So why don't we find out, Remzo? Tell me more. So issue 20 <laughs> starts with five pages of badass action. If there's one thing I got to commend this with, it's definitely the action. And during this, uh, Yondu and the others are like, Vance, you're back. And we can see you like outside of your adamantium suit and everything. What gives, bro? So he's like, listen. I was being poisoned by my adamantium suit 
And because of that injury I sustained, it was making everything worse because my skin had not been exposed to oxygen for so long. So the Sorcerer Supreme, Krugar the Centipede, was able um, to rip off the adamantium suit using his magic and give him an adamantium-laced new garb, which basically that, looks like any type of like character from that movie, The Warriors. It looks like really shitty. Yeah, it looks like um, like like a warrior dressed up as Captain America cosplay, like yeah. r- really shitty version. But not only did uh, Dr. Strange heal him of this dilemma and then rip off the armor with his, not Dr. Strange, Krugar, whatever the fuck, rip, uh, rip uh, off his Sorcerer armor. Sorcerer Supreme, Krugar. Sorcerer Supreme, Thank whatever. Um, he also gave him a new name. What is his new name, Remzo? Da, 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 da. He's inspired by Vance's favorite superhero from World War II because Vance is from the past and remembers that shit. He goes now by Major Victory and sports a Captain America esque costume. You know, he sucked before, but he looked way <laughs> he looked way cooler as Vance Astro than he does as Major Victory. This is, this is not a, the upgrade they thought it was. This is be. a big. This is a big character downgrade from all they did was turn him into like an '80s angry teenager Captain America, which. I, yeah, I, I still don't. I still. This is justice. What? Yeah. Oh my god. All right. Go yeah. on, Ramso. Before I before I quit podcasting. Um. So <laughs> tell me more about yeah, that. Just, it just gets disappointing. So Hold on. the massive fight that, continues. I'm gonna I'm gonna like do some Marvel wiki shit. I'm gonna do some research, pages. and then we're gonna come together here. So five freaking pages of just fighting. There's some dialogue, but none of it matters. This is just, this is peak 90s. Just give us explosions, violence, muscles, and and pouches, okay? At this point, we go back to Alita on page 12, because that conversation apparently just paused in midair from the last time we saw them. Starhawk and the star and the, and the Hawk God conspiracy is making her feel really paranoid. She doesn't trust him to tell the truth and doesn't believe his shit because he killed her. So, yeah. That's about it. They leave us after a couple pages anyway. So now we go ahead and uh, the heroes are able to defeat most of the Punishers because major victory and um, the Sorcerer Supreme Krugar, the best Sorcerer Supreme, go ahead and get into the Punisher base where they see that it was an alien, those green menaces, who created the virus. So that way they can go ahead and kill off all the old people and the Punishers can go off on their crazy teenage genocidal maniac spree. So they go ahead and kill the scientists behind the virus who teamed up with the Punishers. And from there, the commanders go ahead, kill the general and blow up the entire base. And, um, you know, as soon as you're like, wow, this is awesome. They take you to a page of Martin X that doesn't fucking matter. And it's not worth <laughs> like, no, I thought we were done with Martin X. <laughs> Why? They can't keep getting away with this. They can't keep getting away with this. So now we get um, to three pages of the commanders and the guardians celebrating their close victory. AKA the future the space jets and sharks. Um, i'm I'm more of a punishers guy to be honest yeah at this point uh vance astro goes ahead and says you know we should bring Uh, uh, that's major victory major victory brings on um nate and he's like listen nate if you're ever tired of just hanging out on this planet you could be a hero you know a guardian of the galaxy and at that point nate is like nah i'm cool so talon is like well what about me remember me cat person meow i'll join the guardians and everyone just kind of accepts accepts it and that's the end of the story all right should we talk about the story or should we take a quick break for me to give you a bio on vance astro and how this whole thing comes together and how he is marvel boy well let's go ahead and throw the epilogue 
which is just a couple okay. pages. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we see first. that we see that these mysterious people on this other planet have gone into a future alien fortune teller's place to recover this strange blade. And uh, the the these chick- weird fish aliens look pretty cool too. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. And fish alien fortune teller lady gets her her throat slit by this creepy alien lady's claws. And then what we see is that it's the it's a descendant of Wolverine named dun, Rancor, dun, dun. who's obviously up to no shit because she's killing fortune-telling fish alien people. And that's it. And she says she's going to Earth to find her long-lost ancestor, the man called Wolverine. That's actually an interesting hook. Like, especially if I was a kid in the 90s, I'd be like, oh, we're going to get Wolverine because he's probably lived the last thousand years. So I almost want to read this next run more than I do the, this last run we just read. But Suddenly this got really interesting. Yeah, it got interesting literally on the last page. Um, nonetheless, you ready for some advanced Astro biopic here? Let's do it. All right. Vance Astrovic is how that was his original name. He was born Vance Astrovic. Here's what I'm going to, I've read a few things while we've been talking here. So I'm going to give you my version of the summary in the comics, Vance Astrovic, his latent mutant powers were actually activated when he came into contact with his future self, who is major victory. Now, the the reason he came into contact with his future self is because Major Victory's origin story is that he was an astronaut who was suspended in animation for a thousand years and then became Vance Astro the, and then took on the mantle of, of Captain America from a time from when he, when he was first born, who was a hero then. And then eventually, as we saw in this, in this historic issue, became Major Victory. Later, at some well, later, but earlier for really stretching it earlier for justice, later for, for major victory. Major victory goes back in time, meets his younger self, Vance Astrovic, because he wants to stop him from going into stasis for a thousand years. Instead, that encounter activates Vance Astrovic's latent mutant powers, and he becomes Marvel and eventually justice. So this version doesn't. I think it's a weird time loop thing where he created his own origin kind of thing. Exactly. But I think I think this is now a new timeline or whatever because this current Justice doesn't grow up to become Fantastro, but his future other self did. What's it called when you have two things that counter each other? Fuck! It's uh, that Ethan contradiction. Contradiction. Uh, yeah. Or um, I know that's not really the word you're looking for. I know what the it word starts with the P. Is. I'm gonna do Ethan Hawke time travel movie because we're so smart. Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hawk as Vance Astrovic. Destination. Fuck, that's not it. it, Call, like it. What's it called when you go when a, when a guy goes back to kill his own father, but he ends oh, up like a paradox. A paradox. paradox. Yeah, that's what you're looking for. that word. Yeah, it's one that of those. fun SAT word. Yeah, paradox. So now it's like, so how does current Marvel boy exist if he doesn't grow up to become major victory and then eventually go into? I don't know, but either way, that's his origin. It's a time loop story. Damn. He was also born in Saugerties, New York, in case you were curious. I needed to know that. You did. So that that's a that's his strange origin. So he's he's sort of the he is the same person, but it's like they're like different versions of each other. Do you feel better it's like a after thing. learning all this? Much worse, actually. Same. <laughs> Much worse. Let's go ahead and jump into some ratings. All right. Um do you want to go first? <laughs> I like Jim Valentino, but this is not his best art. I'm giving, I don't think Tim Valentino would even say it's his best. I'm giving ever. this a I'm giving this a three out of five, and for the story. Now, mind you, people are gonna be like, "Well, they didn't even read the other stuff. They didn't spend hours wikiing the history of Vance Astro." No, they did not. You bet your ass, I didn't. Um, this story is like funny, but not in like a not in like a jokey type of way. It's just it's so 
This is like reading. This is like reading a strange Rick and Morty episode. I'm a, I'm gonna give it a three point five for story. So I'm gonna give it a total wow. score of a six point five. Whoa! This was wow. entertaining. This was as little as I knew about anything. This was entertaining, if nothing else. All right, because well, we got Krugar, the Sorcerer Supreme. I mean, that is century. like Krugar alone raises this by like a point, like literally just by himself. Um, he's the point five. Meanwhile, Martin X brings it down a point. So that all that all balances itself out there. So that just, just cancels it out. I'm also going to give the art a three. Um, it's like just above 90s average. The, the art's not bad. I, I don't yeah. hate the art in this. It's it's the battle scenes are awesome. It's a little above average 90s stuff. You know, it's Jim Valentino. Stuff. Yeah, uh, it's fine. Um, see, like how much of the story is because it sucks and how much of it is because I didn't read the first 16 issues. Did just kidding. I know the answer. It? Did you enjoy it? No. Okay, I didn't. Now, <laughs> That's the ultimate deciding factor. In, in fairness, I might have not enjoyed it because I was so sour that I was reading it on my phone, which I just hate doing anyway. So I need to figure a way around this issue because maybe it's going to sully all of my all of my Marvel books going forward. That's not true. I was reading some John Byrne Fantastic Four on my phone last week, and I was loving it. So it's it's I can't just blame the technology. Now you um, can read comics that are taking a shit from your phone. I can't, in good consciousness, give this too high a writing score. I'm giving this writing a two. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Shout out to Weird Science, baby. It's a fuck, fuck you, you five. five. It's not really. Damn. It's just a five. It's just a regular five. Fuck you five is their thing. But it's a regular five homage to Weird Science. Um, but I think this is worthy because I just felt like telling this to fuck off. I felt like van- telling Van Tasher to fuck off. The two most interesting things about these four victory. issues. Huh. By far, the two most interesting things about this are Krugar, the Sorcerer Supreme Centipede. That's just awesome. That and awesome. the little tease about Wolverine at the end. That almost makes you wonder what's going on if they're going to find future Wolverine. But shouldn't he be Old Man Logan by now? Never mind. That's we're getting the thirty-first to the century, bro. Everyone's got to die eventually. Yeah. So, um, so it's getting a five from me, six point so five from you, which is amazing. Eleven point um, five, which I think is. <laughs> I think it's just that I think we've sort of defined Sunday read category as like a 12 to 16 range. So I think it might fall just below that. Of course, you know, I, maybe I recommend reading it just because if you've been on this journey through us, I feel like you should have to, you should have to go through what I went through and you should have to, to, we should should all suffer the same. Um, yeah, I mean, the, like the art's not bad. This is like '90s Drek, but the story leaves much to be desired. And at the end of the day, there's not a character I I care about in this outside of Krugar, who is really just a side character anyway. So what can I say? If when the highlight is your protagonist getting shot in the head, I, I mean, what does that say? <laughs> I was I, I cheered. I was like, yeah, <laughs> go Punishers. Yeah, well, sharks and jets. Do you feel like do you feel like you could actually continue reading the series? Like, could with what incentive? If Jeffrey does this every 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 couple months, Jeffrey just makes us read four more issues of this of this exact run. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could do it because he's paying. I almost it. feel like doing what you did with the Ultimate Fantastic Four because you've got that morbid curiosity. Mm. Maybe you should do it. Maybe I should. Maybe you should. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I won't do that to myself. Not while I have to read on my phone. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to double double harm myself that way. But. Well, folks, thank you once again. If you want to be like Jeffrey or any of the be. other awesome patrons who get to you hang out be. with us, get awesome perks and bonuses as a result of supporting the Second Print Comics community, go ahead and support us right now over at patreon.com slash Pod. Mark, anything else? No, just, um, you know, 
do that. Pay us money so that this is all worth it. So this is all for something. Um, no, but of course you get uh, all sorts of access, early releases of every uh, episode, sometimes live editions. Now we're starting to do some of these. We did uh, our Wakanda Forever review actually live for our patrons. Uh, so patrons can already access that live video stream we did. Yes, we did a belated review of Wakanda Forever. That will be, if I have my timelines correct, because we record these out of order, I think that's next week's episode. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, so yes, look forward to our very belated, uh, but very. Uh, you know what? I enjoyed doing the review. I think more than the episode, more than I enjoyed uh, watching the movie. So that's the, an that, understatement. Yeah, it was a lot shorter, so that was nice. But nonetheless, tune in next week uh, for our Wakanda Forever belated review, or tune in right now, patreon.com slash secondprintpod. That's all I got, Remzo. Folks, remember, if there's nothing else you could do, you could do this. It's as simple as sweet as ever. It's read comics and change the world. Like Martin X. Good night, America. Adios. Stay woke. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.